0: (coughs) All right, Shavosai, good morning, good morning, let us begin, begin by thanking our sponsors, our Tabatora sponsors, sorry, our Tabatora sponsors for the month of Tevez, to thank Joel and Sarah Kelman for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in honor of the birth of their daughter, Oriya Tahel, and in the hope that in the merit of... This bracha that all of the couples davening for children will emerge Hashem have their tzvilos answered Bekarov. To thank Stephen Tarizin for dedicating the this month in honor of their grandchildren, Adin Sviya and Aftali Moshe, Shirley Elbaum and family in commemoration of the yard site of Jerry Elbaum, whose yard site is today, Yaakov Kappel Ben-Rav Ram and Acham, we hope the merit of our Talmud Torah, Aliyah, and the family in Chama. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollock. For dedicating the week of learning in memory of Paul's sister, Leah Bas Shmuel, whose yard site is today. We hope that on the merit of our Talmud Torah, a shamal have an aliyah and the family in a And we have a beautiful Yomi sponsorship today. Bennett Goldberg in honor of Alan Wiseman. Beautiful. So uh, acknowledging what a brachad is to know you and have your Gamilas chasadim bestowed upon me. Beautiful. It's a beautiful sponsorship. Shkoch Bennett, Shkoch Allen. All right. with that, let us begin. We have a magnificently beautiful daf ahead of us today. Also, a lot of ground to cover. Emirat Hashem, Emirat Hashem. So today's daf is Daf Gimel, but you would not know that from where we are starting. So we are starting on Beis Amid Beis. Emirat Hashem, the middle of the daf, the middle of the daf, right at the two dots. More towards the top of the daff, but Namir Tishem um, it'll move. Krakim so Yoshua Remember again the Mishnah said walled cities. So I should say cities that have a wall from the times of Yoshua Binun will read on the fifteenth. So it says the nearly from where do so we we'll know this? Ha Hayoshvim Ba'are Haprazo. So the Pasik in the Megillah says, Therefore the Jews of the Prasim, who live in the prazos, make you celebrate Purim on the 14th of Adar. Prazim are unwalled cities, are unwalled cities. So it says the Gemara, so it says the Jews who live in the unwalled cities, will celebrate Purim on the 14th. So me the prazim ba'ar basar, bukafin b'chamishasar. Since the prazim are celebrating on the 14th, therefore it must be the Walled Cities are celebrating on the 15th. So on the we're backing into this a little bit. In other words, we know from the Megillah that the Megillah itself says that Purim is celebrated on the 14th and the 15th. We know that. So the Gemara is saying from the fact that the Megillah explicitly says that the Jews of the unwalled cities will celebrate Purim on the 14th, that must mean that ultimately, again, the Jews of the Walled Cities are celebrating on the 15th. I says the Gemara the baar mukaf lo? Maybe not. Maybe what it means is like this. Maybe Jews of unwalled cities celebrate purim on the fourteenth, and Jews of walled cities don't celebrate Purim at all. So the Gemara says, Great answer. Falavi Are they not Jews? What are you talking about? How could it be that a yid's not going to celebrate Purim? Impossible! Impossible! So therefore, it must be that they're celebrating on the fifteenth. Furthermore, again, when he speaks about the celebration of the Yom Tov of Purim, it indicates that who's celebrating it? All of the Jews may Viad kush the entire the entire empire. Of walled cities, unwalled cities. I mukafen But maybe it means like this. Maybe unwalled cities read on the fourteenth. Walled cities read on the fourteenth and the fifteenth. Maybe that's what it means. To which the Gemara says, I'll tell you why it doesn't work. If the Pasik would have said, they will celebrate the 14th and the 15th, I would have entertained that possibility. Maybe there is such a thing like that, of celebrating two days of Purim. However, <laughs> The way the Pasik is written is to celebrate the 14th and to celebrate the 15th, that extra S that indicates to us that there are two separate days of celebration. And if you're celebrating on one, by definition, you're not celebrating on the other. We'll say first wide line. <speaking in Hebrew> so the way the Pasuk is worded is it comes to teach me. Some go ahead and observe Purim on the 14th and some observe Purim on the 15th. I, the <speaking in Hebrew> aim so why don't you say it like this? So i want like, here's what I know, right? The one piece of information that's clear and definitive is what? Unwalled cities are celebrating Purim when? On the 14th. Maybe, maybe what it means is like this. Unwalled cities have a specific date. Maybe walled cities have the luxury of deciding their day of Purim. Right? In other words, I'm only going to observe one day, but maybe walled cities could choose if it's going to be the 14th or it's going to be the 15th. Omer um, Bizmaneh. Also going back to yesterday's Russia. Hashanah. says Zmano lo zmano No zmanehem teaches me that what each unique locale, or I should say, each type of city has its own unique time, and the time of an unwalled city is not like the time of a walled city. I have the Maybe walled cities should be done the thirteenth. Right now, as we both said, remember in yesterday's daf, we kind of opened up, we opened up the possibilities of 11, 12, 13. And by the way, out of 11, 12, and 13, which of the days was the Gemara, was the day that the Gemara felt was, had the most compelling narrative for Kriya Samigila? 13. Right? That's the day of the nace. that's Zman Kiela Lakoli. So maybe Walt City should read on the 13th, to which the Gemara says Kishushan. Now we'll see if you look at Rashi, Rashi says Kishushan, it's pretty much like right in the middle of Rashi. Or Kishushan, Kevan Dolo Ramaz Lecha Kosova So we'll say since the Megillah is not explicit as to the date of when Walled Cities read the Megillah, Eim when it is, Ashkechan Shushan Sha'asu Betesuvav, Nistabra, the say, Shushan, as we'll see, was a walled city. So since Shushan went ahead and celebrated on the 15th, it makes sense to say other walled cities would celebrate on the 15th as well. To which the Gemara says, Now here's what's amazing, and the Gemara made this switch without telling us this. You see, yesterday's DAF was all about the reading of the Megillah what we'll call Zechira, the remembrance. In Purim, there's going to be two different things. There's the reading of the Megillah, which Gemara will call Zechira. And then there is asiya. Asiya is what? Asiya is Sh'tu'udah, having a celebratory meal, Mishloach Manos, sending gifts of food to one another, and matanos La'evionim. Interestingly enough, the psukim that we've been quoting throughout this entire discussion are psukim that speak about asiya the celebration of Purim. So let's say now what I've done is I've established that the celebration of Purim for unwalled cities will be on the 14th, and for walled cities will be on the 15th. But Zahira, what about the actual reading of the Megillah? How do I know that Zahira Ultimately, again, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, So now I know, based on the Pesukim, that walled cities celebrate, celebrate, which means Mishte, Simcha, on the 15th, unwalled on the 14th, but Zechira, the reading of the Megillah, how do I know that? So the Gemara says, Pasik says, These days will be remembered and performed. Iskish, are observed, Ultimately, what do you see? We compare We compare the reading of the Megillah to the actual observance of the Yomtid. Therefore, once we've established that Purim is observed in walled cities on the 15th and unwalled cities on the 14th, and observed, so when we say observed, observed means what? Suda, Shalachmanos, Matanos, Levionim, so too will read Megillah on those days as well. Incredible. Mas to which the gemara now says by the way our mishnah does not reflect the view of the following Tano. So who listen to this this your ben omer hamukafin choma so say now watch this now remember again the wording in our mishnah the wording in our mishnah was, Krochen hamukafin choma mimos yoshua benun Right, walled cities that cities that have a wall from times of Yoshua bin Nun. Now we'll say we will discuss how did Yoshua bin Nun get in here, right? What what, what is what does Yoshua bin Nun have to do with Purim? Okay, we'll come back to that in just a moment. In any anyway, event, the point that Gemara is making over here is our Mishnah does not reflect the view of Rabbi Shua bin Karha. Because what does Rabbi Yoshua bin Karha hold? He holds that the definition of a walled city is a city that has a wall at the times of Akashirush. And I will say, but it's a pretty logical approach, right? In other words, it's the important story. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, my time was Rabbi Yeshua ben What's Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha's logic? So kishushan, because he holds the definition of a walled city, or I should say, walled city should follow the paradigm of shushan. Shushan, Mukafes say, remember again, Shushan, which was at the center of the Purim story, and Shushan itself, which, as we will see, was a walled city. So Shushan, Shushan is the paradigm, right? Shushan is the paradigm for a walled city. Shushan was a walled city from the times of Ahajverosh, and it reads on the 15th, tha Kosha, so to any walled city that has a wall at the time of HaShirosh, by definition, reads on the 15th. So I will say, so now we have a fundamental machlokes. We, interestingly enough, we have an agreement, we have an agreement about the category, right? Everyone who agrees that there's a category called what? Walled cities. The Shaila is a machlokes in the definition of a walled city. The Tana of our Mishnah says it had a wall, from the times, I should say, not from the times, really, I should, I should say, at the time of Yoshua bin Nun. Rabbi Yeshua ben Karacha is saying it had a wall at the time of Achashverosh. So it says, you know, what's at the root of this So now, I understand the truth is, Rabbi Yeshua ben Karacha's position about having off times of Achashverosh is self explanatory. Right? Shushan, right? Shushan is the epicenter of the miracle, it is a walled city and it has a wall from the time of Akashverosh. will say that's the paradigm. If you have a wall at the time of Akashverosh, you read on the 15th. You don't. You read on the 14th. The Tana didan, my timer. So we'll say, but what's the logic of our Tana? Right? Why does our Tana go ahead and say the definition of a walled city is from the times of Yoshua Benon or at Yoshua time Listen to this. Yolif Prazi Prazi. He has a Gzir Shava. A Gzir Shava of Prazi Prazi. We'll say Prazi Prazi means city it says over here, therefore, this is the passage we quoted before, the Jews of the cities, the Jews of the cities, <speaking in Hebrew> So also, and then it quotes over here from the passage from, um, I'm sorry, from from, Right. quotes over here from the passage from Devarim, <speaking in Hebrew> So the Gemara says, Listen to this. Now we say, Now the Pasuk in Devarim speaks out two cities. It speaks out, There were walled cities. It's, it's surveying the lands in Eretz Yisrael. There were walled cities and there were unwalled cities. So says the Gemara, Listen to this. So Ma'allahalon, Mukefes Mos Yoshua Benun. Just like the walled cities in the Pasuk are talking about cities that have a wall at the time of Yoshua Benun. Afkan Mukefes Choma Mimos Yoshua Benun. So too, when the Megillah mentions walled cities, it's also talking about walled cities in terms of Yoshua Benun. So we'll say, this is really very interesting and exceptionally intriguing, because you have a Shava from Chomish, to what, to what? To Ksuven, right? It's not even Chomish to, it's Chomish to Ksuven, it's a Megillah, it's a Megillah. So we'll say, so the Rishon comment on this and discuss the idea that this probably is not like what we would call a regular Gezei It's more like a Limud. But the point that the Ta'an is making is we find the same word in two contexts. We find the same word in Dvarim, and we find the same word in, in Megillah Sester. Now, what I want to point out is something very intriguing. Remember, they're making Gezei based on which word? Based on which word? Prazim. Prazim means what? Unwalled cities. Unwalled cities. But what the Limud says is in the Pasuk of Prazim in Dvarim, it talks about walled cities as well. And the walled cities in the Pasuk and Devarim are walled cities at the time of Yoshua ben Nun. So so too again, the walled cities of the Megillah are, are cities that had a wall at the time of Yoshua ben Nun. So rabbi ben didan, the lesley prazi prazi. So I understand rabbi Yeshua ben Karekhala who holds the definition of a walled city is a city that had a wall at the time of Achash Re-Rosh. He doesn't subscribe to this Gezer Shah, of prazi prazi. But why doesn't our Tana subscribe to Rabbi Yosho Ben Karcha's position? What are you talking about? Why not? Because our, our Tana holds of the Gzeh shava of Prazi Prazi. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. We'll say, here's the problem. According to our Tana, right? according to our Tana, who, who, who accepts the Limud of Prazi Prazi, and tells you that what? That the definition of a walled city is a city that had a wall as of when, as of when, or at the time of Yoshua Benun? What do you do with Shushan? What do you do with Shushan? We'll say, did Shushan have a wall at the time of Yahshua Binun? be not. Pipashtus not. It wasn't it wasn't the capital. wasn't a capital city. So what do you do with Shushan? Because here you have Shushan technically doesn't have a wall at the time of Yoshua binun. But yet what? is a walled city at the time of the Purim story. And what? Is the epicenter of the miracle. So what do you do with Shushan? To which the Gemara says, shushan, You're right. Even, even our Tana, even our Tana, who accepts the Limur of prazin-prazin, and therefore the definition of a walled city is what? Is what? Is a city which has a wall. At the time of Yoshua ben Nun, Shushan will be treated like a walled city, even though... It does not fit that criteria. Why? Because as we mentioned before, Shushan is the epicenter of the miracle. Look at Rashi. Rashi's literally right across. Now, it's interesting how Rashi interprets this phrase. So Rashi understands what was the miracle that happened in Shushan. The miracle that happened in Shushan is that the Jews were given an additional day to fight back against their enemies. So in Shushan they fought on the 13th and on the 14th and therefore didn't rest and celebrate until the 15th. So it's interesting to see, it's interesting, without Rashi, I would have said, I would have said, Shushan, What does it mean that the miracle happened in Shushan? What does it mean? The, 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 the miracle unfolded, right? Esther's whole plan, Esther's whole plan was, was created in Shushan, but it's interesting that Rashi understands the miracle was that the Jews had an additional day to fight back. Okay, in any event, the point that Gemara is going to make over here is that even our Tana, who has a different definition based on prazi-prazi, and we'll say the definition of a walled city is a city that had a wall at the time of Yoshua ben Nun, will agree that Shushan is treated like a walled city, even though it doesn't fit the criteria. Why? Ho'el venasimonez, because the miracle unfolded in Shushan itself. Incredible. So bishlanama, bishlanama ta'nadidon ha medina u-medina I also point out, by the way, the Marshal points this out, that there's another reason for the Tana. In other words, was like it's interesting to find. So, so the, the logic of our Tana to say the definition of a walled city is a city that had a wall from the time of Yoshua bin Nun because of prazi pra, um, prazi, prazi the exer shava. But we're also saying I mean, it's not really exer shava. Both say so. Remember again, here's also the mashal points out. This is also a din in the cover of Yerushalayim Irakodesh. That Yerushalayim Yerushalayim's identity. Is one of a walled city, but Yerushalayim did not have a wall at the time of the Purim story. Remember, again, Yerushalayim's wall was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Bavel, right? The grandfather of Vashti, right? The predecessor, two predecessors above Achashverosh, right? There is no wall around Yerushalayim. So, to create a law, to create a law that governs walled cities. And to have Yerushalayim, Irak Kodesh, excluded from that law. When Yerushalayim's identity, right? Identity is one of a walled city, would be degrading. So again, that that's not the only compelling reason, right? That's not the only, but again, it's definitely part of the time. That's why we're willing to accept the shava. That's not really a shava, right? It's not a real shava. it's it's a Limud. But ultimately, again, a Limud that maintains the cover of Yerushalayim, is a limon worth accepting, incredible. So according to Artana, I understand why the Megillah needs to write Medina, u medina ir v What does that teach me? Medina, Medina, L'challik b'in mukhafen chomos Yoshua benun, l'mukhafes chomos achashverosh. So we'll say, Medina, Medina comes to distinguish between walled cities. Cities that had a wall at the time of yoshua and cities that had a wall at the time of achashverosh. And that the definition of a walled city is a city that has a wall at the time of Yoshua bin Nun, with the exception of Yerushalayim. Ir v'ir nami bin Shushan, and also Ir v'ir, also comes to distinguish between Shushan and other cities. That, as we said before, even though Shushan, technically speaking, according to the criteria of our Tana, should be an unwalled city, Shushan is going to be different because the miracle happened there. Elo. Remember again, Rabbi Yashua Ben Karcha's logic is the definition of a walled city is what? Walled as of when? As of when? Achashverosh. Bish Lama Medina, Umedina, 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 Lechalik Pinchush and Lashara Yoros. So I understand the need of Medina, Medina. It's interesting. Shushan, other cities. But what is ir viir? What ir viir? What does it come to teach us? Well, it's very interesting? ben the According to our Tana, is the Josh of ir so clear? After all, Kavan di is le prazi prazi medina u medina lamali. Once you have prazi prazi, I as about to say, and you're able to distinguish between two geographic locations, walled cities unwalled cities. Medina medina lamali. Why not medina medina at all? Elakra le Rather, I will say, this pasuk is going to, to teach us another halacha. Listen to this, this is fascinating. Could Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi? The Could Yeshua ben Levi I'm sorry. Could Yeshua ben Levi don't read your and Levy, Rabbi. we'll see this halacha. Right, where is this quoted? Where is this quoted? Come on, see. Oh, we'll see it today. Good. So the Gemara says, no, it sounded familiar. So the Gemara says, what does your and Levi say? Krach, vechala, somochlo, vechala, nira, emo, nidon, kikrach. Rabbi says, this is going to be a fascinating halakha that is actually codified in Shulchan Aruch as well. A walled city, I as well say this, now let, let's go. Walled city, definite, right? We, we already know. We adopt whose position? Whose position in terms of definition of a walled city? Our town. Right? Our town. Definition of a walled city is a city that had a wall at the time of Yoshua Benun. But just to kind of understand it, it might not have a wall now. Right? It doesn't need a wall now. As long as it had a wall at the time of Yoshua Benun, that's called a walled city. There's another interesting halacha. Any city, any sitter, any city that is within ocular range, right? So any city that you could, from which you could see a walled city or any city that is next Samoch to a walled city has the din of a walled city. Has the din of a walled city. It's a fascinating halacha. We'll see why that is. So the Gemara says, Ad Kama. And I will say how, how like what, first of all, so ocular range, I understand. If you could see, you could see. But in terms of of close, how close is close? So the Gemara says, <laughs> The distance from Chamsun to Tveria, which is a mil, which is a mil. So both we'll "So we, we know a mil. A mil is two thousand amos. Two thousand amos." And Abot we'll says, "Just to translate that into more contemporary uh, measurements, a mil is approximately 0. 0.7 miles. Point seven miles. So two thousand amos." 0.7 miles. So what's samuch? Samuch is the distance between Chamsen and Tveria, which is a mill. To which the Gemara says, valema mill. Why don't you just say a mill? Why do you have to give me like, the distance between Chamsen and Tveria? First of all, not everybody knows that, so what does that matter? And just tell me a mill. Mil, right? so, so what you have is an interesting halacha. If you have an unwalled city that is within a mill, right, 0.7 miles of a walled city, that unwalled city celebrates Purim like a walled city. So the Gemara says. To which the Gemara answers. Uh, to which the Gemara says. Kamash malon, what demil, kama havi to salat You know, say it's helpful to tell us that the distance of a mill is from Chamsim to Tveria. Why? Because we'll say, remember again, that helps give us, or at least if you're familiar with those two with those two cities, it helps give us a frame of reference for the measurement of a mill. So really the halacha is, so we'll see interestingly enough, with the Gemara suggesting over here, that what Medina U Medina actually teaches us is another halacha. And the halacha is that any city that is either within ocular range or somoch, or close, or within a mill, of a walled city will celebrate Purim just like a walled city. And what's the definition of samuch, The distance between Khamsar and Teveria, which also happens to be a in mill. Incredible. Barnaby, they will say a beautiful, beautiful Gimmar. Two lines are from the bottom base of base. So Minatzbach, Minatsbach, Sofim Amram. They will say Minatzbach are just the letters. Mem Nun Sadik Pei Chaf. And I will say, as we're going to see what's unique about these letters, each of these letters have two forms, right? They have one form, they have, they have what we'll, well, we'll call two, two forms, right? One is what we'll call, let's say, Amem, and mem Sofis, right? Now, I'm using it, leaving out the word sophis for just a moment, because we're going to see, so the Gemara says, these letters, Sofim Omrum, the Tsofim, which means the Nevi'im. Rashi says, Nevi'i hadoros. The Prophets, literally says what it's saying is, the Prophets created these letters. So the Gemara says, what? The tizbara, said, Ela so both say the Gemara seems to be saying like this: the fact that these letters Mem Nun Tzadik Pei Khof, have two forms that was created by the Neviim, to which the Gemara says, "Really?" But yet we learn, the Pasuk says, hamitzvos." These are the mitzvos that share Hashem as Moshe Sinai teaches us what that ultimately again Neviim. Can't introduce new mitzvot. Now remember again, the Chazal could introduce new dinim to safeguard biblical mitzvot, but they cannot create brand new mitzvot. In other words, if somebody decides, you know what, I just thought of a great 614th, right? You can't can't do that, right? There's there's no license to do that. So how could it be that the Nevi'im are introducing new forms of the letters of the alphabet. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Mem <laughs> This is so beautiful. Furthermore, again, we have these letters, right? We have these letters. How do we know this? Because again, the Gemara says that the Mem and Samech of the Luchos were suspended, were suspended in the midst of the Luchos. So those, as I one of the miracles of the Luchos, Rashi says over here, top of Gimlom Adalif, B'nei sayo omlim, shayseh haki, kasan mishnei They both say, the Luchos, the Luchos, were chiseled all the way through. And the amazing part about the tablets was, you were able to read them from either side. So think about this just a moment. If you have the letter Mem in the Luchos, which you have, right, or the letter Samech in the Luchos, which you have, Right, what happens? How do you chisel through a a memorasamach? Right? You make the letter, you make the letter, but that means the middle piece, the middle piece is not attached to anything. It's suspended. It's suspended right in the middle. So one of the miracles of the Luchos is that the letters were chiseled through and were seen on both sides. But what that definition means is that there was a piece that was suspended. He'll say, for our purposes, what does that mean? These letters were here as part of the Luchos. What do you mean the Nevi'im introduced these letters? These letters were here. So the Gemara says, You're right, you're right, you're right. So the Gemara says, In, Mehava Hava, you're right. The letters were here. You're right, Gemar. So here's what happened. We always knew that for mem for menatspah from mem nun tzadik, pe ches. There are two forms of the letter. What we didn't know was which forms of the letter, so we'll say we'll call them there are open forms and closed forms of the letter. Right? Again, the easiest way to illustrate is if you think about this a mem, right? So a mem, there's an open mem and then there's a closed mem. We didn't know, we didn't know which forms of the letter are used when the letter appears in the middle of the word. And which form the letter is used when the letter appears at the end of the word. So the nevium came along and instituted for us that there's a middle mem, and there's a mem sophis, right? There's an end mem. So the, so the nevium came. So again, the nevium didn't introduce the letters. The nevium just told us which letters to use when. To which the Gemara says, but one second, soph soph. To which the but still that would be called introducing something new. To which the Gemara says, you're right. You're right. Nothing new is being introduced. Right? We know these minats these letters have two forms. Over time, for whatever the reason, we forgot. We forgot which letters were used where. Right? Which letters were used where. So then the VM came along and reinstituted and quote unquote reminded us which form of the letter is used in the middle of a word and which form of the letter is used at the end of the word. I just want to point out, just just kind of going back to tiniest in just a moment. Say, you remember again, we learned the Gemara was speaking about the people, right? The families, the Mishmoros, the four Mishmoros who came back with Ezra, right? And the families who pledged wood, the carbonates, and. Isn't it fascinating, right, that we, like. I remember I mentioned this before, we learned it, how what's forgotten and what's remembered, right? So here you see the Gemara says there was a period of time where we weren't sure which form of the letter to use in the middle of a word and which form of the letter to use at the end of the word. So the Neveen came along, we forgot. For, 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 again, I don't know, history, for some reason, we forgot, we forgot. We always say, But isn't it incredible, but yet we always remembered who came back with Ezra, right? We always remembered who went ahead and pledged wood for the on Mikdash. In other words, that what's often, we might forget letters at times, but you always remember people who stand up and are counted when they are needed. It's such a dramatic idea. So the Hebrew alphabet, which is at the very core of our existence, we may forget, which type of mem to use in the middle of a word or at the end of the word? But the four families who came back with Ezra—that we'll never forget. The four of the families who stood up and donated when the base of Beis needed it—that we'll never forget. When you stand up and you're counted in a moment of pivotal need, that is remembered for all eternity. Even when many other things may be forgotten over time, incredible. Am Rabbi Targum incredible Targum Shatara, what we call Targum, Targum. The Aramaic translation, I will say. Now, remember again, targum as we have it is not simply a translation. Targum, targum, what we'll call Uncleus, as we'll see in just a moment, targum is a parish, Right? If you learn mikra targum, if you happen to learn targum, you will realize that at the end of the day, targum is not just a translation into Aramaic; it is a commentary. Who said this targum? Uncleus Hager, Uncleus. will say, which is why. Targum is known simply as Unculus, 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 the convert. Don't let anyone tell you that where you come from defines what you could accomplish. Absolutely amazing. Unculus, the convert. Amrumi um, P. Rabbi Eli Ez, Rabbi Yoshua. So, Onkelos so, wasn't the one. So, apparently it came from Rabbi Eli Ez and Rabbi Yoshua and Unculus was the one who codified it. He codified what we call Targum Unculus. Targum Shalmavim. It will say, who compiled the Targum of the Nevi'im, Yonasan ben Uziel. Was, I remember again, who was Yonasan ben Uziel? He was the primary disciple, primary Talmud of Hillel. So he compiled the Targum of the Nevi'im. So the Gemara says, and that was said, and that ultimately again, was transmitted through the prophets Chagai Zechari Malachi. And when Yonasan Ben Uziel did this, listen to this, the entire land of Eretz Yisrael, 400 parcels by 400 parcells, shook, shook. When Yonasan Ben Uziel wrote the Targum for Nevi'im, Yotah Sabaskova Omra Mi Shegila Sisarai Libnei Adam, and the, literally the Shekhinah said, who is the one who is revealing my secrets? To my children, Yonasan Ben Uziel Aragla shegilisi Ibn Adam. Yonasan it's me. It's me. It's your child. It's Yonasan Ben I revealed the secrets because must "Remember again, Targum made the Neviim much more accessible to the common man." Suddenly, again, there is an explanation in the vernacular. Apparently, Baskel comes out and says, "Who did this?" To which Yonasan Ben says, "I did this." And Yom HaSemah says, I want to tell you why I did this. I didn't do this for my honor for the honor of my father's home, but rather, again, I did this in order that there should not be machlokas and Kalal Yisrael about how to interpret different things in the Nevi'im. So beautiful. Va'od, b'keish, liglo, targum, shal, k'suvim. Then Yonah Semenizia wanted to go on to his next project. But I say something absolutely amazing. What do you see from here? You would have thought, you did targum on avim shkayach. You know what's next? I don't know. You know you retired to boka, whatever, whatever, whatever comes after. You know, do, doing the targum, doing the targum on on avim. I will say, there's no such thing as stopping in life. There's no such thing as stopping, right? It's always life is always a question of what's next. That person does the daf. That's incredible. Finishing masechta is great. What else? What else? What, what, what else is going to become part of my spiritual repertoire? Right? What, what else am I going to do? Yonas Azil finishes. He finishes Targum of the Vim. He wants to Ksuvim. So this time the Baskel comes out proactively and says, Stop. 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 Don't do Targum of Ksuvim. My time. What's the reason for this? Because we will say in Targum, I'm sorry, in Ksuvim, in Ksuvim, there are some very esoteric things that happen to be focused on Messianic redemption or Messianic arrival, and certain things Chasparahu did not want translated for the masses. So we'll say we'll get to that in just a moment. And Shel Torah. And Rashi here. Where do you find Kate's Mashiach? Where do you find right information about Mashiach in Daniel? Sefer Daniel. So therefore, again, Akhlas Baruch Hu proactively stops the project of Yonasan Menuzil to develop the Targum on the Targum Torah, Hager Amru. Is that true that Unkulus was the one who came up with Targum on Torah, or the one who codified Targum on Torah? My What does the passage mean when it says? Sorry, Vayikru b'Sefer Torah Salokim Mefurash. So watch this. So it says, the Gemara, listen to how the Gemara Darshan's this zemikra. When it says, they read in the Torah of Hashem, that refers to the psukim. Right? There was a perush. That refers to the targum. And I also want to point out, this is a pasuk from Nehemiah. That refers to how you divide up the That refers to how you divide up the verses. They understood the psukim, Ela that refers to the Trap, Others say that's the way to pronounce words. So say, you see over here that Targum is already associated when? Back with Nehemiah. Before Uncle Agar, to which the Gemara once again says, You're right. Say it's incredible. The second time in one Dath that we have this idea something was forgotten. And it was reinstituted. In other will say, isn't, isn't that absolutely incredible? So Targum was on your right, Targum predates Unkulos. Absolutely. But Unculus from the mouths of his Rebbeim, Rabbi Elias, Rabbi Yoshua, reconstructed the Targum after it was forgotten. Incredible. So the Gemara says, So we'll say, why is it, right? The Gemara says that when Unculus, why, unculus made the Targum on Torah, beautiful, and then, Yonasa ben made the Targum, or codified the Targum, on Navi. And when he codified the Targum on Navi, what happened? The earth shook. Why did the earth shake for the Targum on Navi and not for the Targum on Torah? To which we says, it's very simple. Daraisa Mephishamilsa Dinevi ikamili Dimefarshan The ikamili dimisasmon. And we'll say it's very simple. In Torah, pretty much everything is explainable. Right? In other words, there's not we'll say, Torah... Torah, Hamishichum Torah, Chumesh, Torah. It's not esoteric. It's not meant to be esoteric, right? The goal of Torah is to be understandable. So there's nothing in Torah that a Kaddish Baruch doesn't want to explain. Now again, are there chukim? Right? Are there mitzvot that don't seem to have a reason? Yes, yes. So maybe reasons. But there's nothing in Torah that is esoteric that is supposed to be beyond comprehension. However, diniv. By Navi, it's not true. By Novi, there are some things that are explained. And by Novi, there are some things that are a bit more obscure. A bit more obscure. And therefore, again, HaKadosh so Baruch when things that were not understood up until now were suddenly understood, the earth shook. The earth shook. The Gemara gives an example of something that's not readily understood. The, the Gemara quotes the Pesach from Zechariah. So we actually had this Gemara in Mesech Yuma as well. What does the Pesach say? Hadadrimon On that day, on that day, the eulogy will be great in Yerushalayim like the eulogy of Hadadrimon in the valley of Megiddon. does remember this Gemara? This is talking about which eulogy, right? The levaya of the Yetzer in the Messianic Era. Right, there's going to be a levaya for the Eitzar. Mashiach comes, the is going to be geshakt. Right, it's going to be slaughtered, and therefore, again, there's going to be a great levaya with Hespatim. And the Navi says that. Right, most so we like the neviim, are, the Tzaddikim are going to cry because they're going to say, "Wow, how are we able to overcome the that looked like a mountain?" The Rishon are going to cry because Eitzar is going to look like kechut asyra, just like a little hair. Right, how how are we? How did we not summon up the strength to battle back? against that. Everybody's going to cry. She was say, the problem is, problem is, we have no idea what the mispade, what what, who, who's had who's dream on, and what's Bikas Megidon. Vam Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, mole targuma da haikra, lo yedana meikahamar. We're it not for the targum, right? We're not for the targum of Yonasan ben Uziel, on this Pasek, I would have absolutely no idea what the Pasek is talking about. So the Gemara says, because what does the Targum say? By Yom on that day, when Mashiach comes, and the Yitzharah is slaughtered, Yaskim Mispida B'Yerushalayim, there will be a eulogy in Yerushalayim, Kim Mispida D'Achov Bar Amri, D'Katal Yasei Hadadrimon Ben Tavrimon Beramos Gilad. There will be a funeral that is as big as the funeral of Ahav Bar Omri, who was the king of Israel, who was killed by Haddad Drimon ben Tavrimon in Ramos Gilad. Uh, right? Achav Ben Ariz has, has a massive Leviah, because he was the Melech of Israel, right? He was the king of Ormahothoth Israel. So the Leviah of the Etzar will be as big as the Leviah of Ahav Ben Omri. Ukim Espeda and the Hespedim, the eulogies will be as intense. The yoshio bar amon de kotel yase parochagira be bikas megido. The eulogies will be as intense. As, ultimately, again, as, as the, as the eulogies for Yoshio ben Amon, who was killed by Paro Chagira. But say, remember again, Yoshio was the last word. We say this in Kinos on Tisha Bav. The death of Yoshio was the fall of the Jewish people. Was the fall, of, was, was the beginning of the destruction. So ultimately, again, that's what the Navi means. That the Levi will be as large as the Levi of Ahab Bar Amri, who was killed by Hadadrimon. And ultimately, the mis- hespadim, the eulogies will be as intense as the eulogies delivered on behalf of Yoshio, the king of Yehuda, who was killed in the valley of Megiddo. But again, I will say, you would not know what this pasik meant were it not for the Targum. Incredible. So the Gemara now switches gears for just a moment. Now that we're talking about, again, esoteric passages. So the Gemara says, Daniel, Pesach from Daniel. So what will say, Daniel says, I, Daniel, myself, saw the vision. And the people who were with me, they did not see the vision. But they were seized by a great fear, a great fear fell upon them. They ran away and they hid. So Maninu anashim we say, who are these people with Daniel who did not see the vision but were fearful of what they saw? In other words, we'll say, so remember, the Navi over here is describing Daniel's great revelation with the multiple chariots, multiple heads, good. So the Gemara says, who, who are these people? Abba Zechariah, and Malachi. Who are the people with Daniel? None other than the prophets, Zechariah, and Malachi. Yet, Daniel sees the vision, they don't see it adif minayu. In certain respects, Chagai Zechary and Malachi were greater than Daniel, and in other respects, Daniel was greater than them. Inhu Adifu First, we'll say first white line. The inhu navi, right? They were greater than Daniel. Why? Because they were prophets. Chagai Zechary and are prophets. lo navi. We'll say you know, technically speaking, right? Daniel is not a novi compared to Zichari, Chagai Zichari Malachi. Yet, Ihu adif minayu. Yet, Daniel was greater than Chagai Zichari Malachi. Why? Diu chazu. Right? Daniel saw the vision. Veinhu lo chazu. Yet, Chagai Zichari Malachi did not see the vision. Vecheme achar de lo chazu. My taimu avisu. The boss said, "Listen to this." So, but if Chagai Zichari Malachi did not see the vision, why were they afraid? Right? Why were they afraid? What were they fearful of? To which the Gemara says to which the gemara said, and I say Rashi just points out to over here de inhu nevi shenis just to be clear daniel was a prophet when the gemara says chage ze chmalach <laughs> we prophets daniel was not what that means is they were prophets who delivered messages for akladj barhu to klal israel daniel never delivered a prophecy to klal israel which I will say something so amazing that what makes a real Navi a Navi, not just that you have prophecy, what makes a real Navi a Navi is what you do for your people. Right? If you're a prophet whose prophecies are delivered to the nation, then you're reckoned amongst the Naviim. But if you're just someone who has incredible visions, but your visions are not shared or impact the Klau, then you're not counted amongst the Naviim. Incredible you sowed. You work on yourself, your own Ruchniyas, that's incredible. But if your Ruchniyas does not impact the Klau, then that is stunted ruchnius. But if a person works on themselves and then uses that newfound growth to impact those around them, that's a navi. That's a gadol. So, so if Zechaga, Zechari Malachi, did not see the vision, why were they afraid? Afagav, is incredible. Afagav, lo chazu, chazu. Even though they did not see the vision, they're mazl. Rashi says, sar so, shal adam lamala. So each of us have malachim. Right, we have a sar, a sar. Sar literally means a minister, but the idea is each of us have malachim who are like our guardian angels. Right, to me, meaning Michal, Gabriel. Right, as we say, right, I have malachim all around me. Not only that, I have particular malachim that are assigned to me. We also, we know this again from Gemara second Shabbos. Yomar second Shabbos says what happens? A person comes home from shul on Shabbos night. He's escorted by two malachim. What do the two malachim want to see? It's interesting. They want to see what's happening in my house, right? Is there seder? Is the table set? Is the home made up, right? Is there a spirit of tranquility and Shabbos in the home or not, right? So I have malachim. I have malachim who come with me every step of the way. So it's incredible. Even though Chagai, Zechariah, and Malachi did not see the vision, their angels, their Malachim, saw the angels, so, I'm sorry, saw the, saw the vision, and apparently, again, the angels, their, their angels were struck by the vision, and as a result, ultimately, again, Chagai, Zechari, Malachi were seized with fear, even though they did not see, know what they were seized with fear by. And I'm say, this yields an incredible idea. The Gemara says, Amr avinu shmami haiman demivis, af chazi i say, what do you see from here? You see from here that ultimately, again, sometimes in life a person just becomes fearful. And it's not clear why I have become fearful. Why I become fearful. So we'll say generally in life, if I'm seized by fear, and I don't know why I've been seized by fear. Chances are, even though I haven't seen anything, my muzzle or my maloch has seen something, has seen something. And I am fearful now as a result of what my malach has seen. So my takante. So what we'll say? It's incredible. So what do you do in life if suddenly you're seized by fear, which means that your malach saw something that's that's overwhelming? What should you do? What should be the reaction? To which the gemara says, "Look, your Kriya What should you do? Say say, "What an incredible mussar skill!" If you're fearful of something in life, what's the reaction of a Jew in a time of fear? Which I will say means what? You see, when I'm fearful, the best thing you could do is anchor yourself to something that is stable. Right? And what's the most stable thing in this entire world? Hatsur, Tomin Palo, Akadish Baruchu. So when I am fearful in life, what's the reaction of a Jew in a state of fear? Kriyashma. I'm not even asking God for anything. I'm not asking for anything. But when I'm fearful and <coughs> unsure of things, The best thing I could do is anchor myself to the Ribono Shololam. I, the Gemara says. But what happens? But say, what happens if I'm in a dirty place and I can't say Shema? Right, you can't say Shema anywhere. Let's say I'm in a place that has an odor, a place that has garbage, or something else. I can't say Shema there. So what do I do? This is incredible. What should you do? Jump Talaramas to a new place. So, what does that mean? So, perhaps what it means is like this. Perhaps what it means like this. Sometimes the most overwhelming part of fear is a lack of control. Right? So when I'm fearful of something, often I'm fearful because I perceive I lack control. What does it mean to go ahead and jump Taladamis? Jumping Ramas means I'm affecting some level of change in my circumstances, right? I'm moving myself from here to there. Is it a big dramatic change? No, but it's a change in my life. From location A to location A. I will say sometimes in life, when we are gripped by fear, often the next stage of that is a feeling of powerlessness and helplessness. The best way to combat fear, helplessness, powerlessness is seize the reins of your life and affect some level of change. Even if it's a very small change, right? Even if it's a very minute change, even if it's just moving from here until there, don't lose yourself in the helplessness and powerlessness of life. Take back the reins and affect some level of change. So we'll say, isn't this absolutely incredible? Say if I'm fearful, I'm fearful, and therefore I feel helpless, powerless. Step one, Shmah. Anchor myself to the root of all stability in this universe. And that is the Rebun But let's say I can't say Shema. Sometimes people can't say Shema for a variety of reasons. Either because of my external circumstances or because of my internal circumstances. What do you do? Jump Rama's to a new location. Affect some level of change. Do something small in your life. Seize the reins. Take the power back. Do not fall into the grips of powerlessness and helplessness. Move yourself from one point to another, even if it's a very small change. So the is says, what happens if you can't do either of those things? Ve'ilo, I can't say Shema. I can't move myself. Le'i say this. tabcha shmei naminai. Right? You know what? The sheep, right? The, the, the sheep and the butcher is fatter than me. In other words... Go pick on someone else, right? Go pick on someone else, right? Please, like, right? this is almost like a last-ditch effort that please, whatever is going to happen, whatever is going to occur, you know, let, let, it, let it be visited upon the fattened sheep of the butcher's, of the butcher's block and not me. An incredible, incredible Gimara. So it says the Gimara back to me, So now that I know that what? Medino, Medina, Ear of the ear comes to teach you drushes, As we saw in Beis and with Beis. u Mishpacha, Lemai Asr. said, this is incredible. What do I use the phrase, Mishpacha, Mishpacha? Every Mishpacha has to celebrate Purim. Okay? Like, what, what, what does that teach me? This is incredible. Amrabi Yossi, Barchanina, Lahavi, mishpachos kehuna Uleviyah, Shemevatlin, Avodasan, Uboim, Lishmo, Mikra, Megillah. Wow. Yom said, Mishpacha, Mishpacha, tells me, that even Kohanim and Leviim stop what they're doing in the Beis HaMikdash in order to come and hear the Megillah. Dom Rav Yehud, Dom Rav, ba'avodasan bidukhanan V'Yisroba ma'amadon now all well, this makes sense to us. Kohanim and their avodah, Leviim in their duchan, which means they're singing Yisroba from their ma'amados, back to Masechus, Tainus, Kulan mevatan avodasan uba in the shwam mikramigilla. But saying Mikramegilla is so important that it even trumps Avoda. So Mishpacha U Mishpacha No matter what Mishpacha you're a part of Kohanim, Leviyim, Yisraelim Stop whatever you're doing And come and hear the Megillah like right, so That supports this Kohanim B'Avodasan U Leviyim B'Duchanan V'Yisrael M'Amodan Kulun Mevatan Avodasan U Bo'en L'shmoa Mikra Megillah But let's say so again That's what the Gemara is actually from the word Mishpacha U Mishpacha Because the Havimino is what? You might have thought Listen, if you're a coin doing the Avod in the Beis HaMikdash you don't stop for Megillah. Right? After all, Avodah's all though, right? So Megillah's door, Abonah, no, Mishpacho, Mishpacho. Whatever family you're a part of, Kohanim, Leviim, Yisraelim, Kohanim stop their Avodah, Leviim stop their Duch, and their singing, Yisrael stop their ma'amados. Everyone comes to your Mikra Megillah. Mikhan samchu shabay Rabbi. Shemevatlin evatlin talmud Torah, u Mikra Megillah. Listen to this, Rabbi. Say, this is incredible. From here, from here, says the Gemara, from here says the Gemara, that base Rabbi said, what do you see from here? That we even stop Torah learning in order to go ahead and what? In order to go ahead and come and hear the Megillah. And come here to the Megillah. So it's interesting, I'll just point out, Tulsus you know, points out, top Tulsus of of and points out, you know, it sounds like there's like a conflict. You could either do either or. not true? there's plenty of time to do both the Avoda and the Megillah what Tolstus points out is there is a conflict right at the beginning of the day. Because right at the beginning of the day, where there is this reason makdim mitzvah from Megillah, and also avodah, that's where there could be a potential conflict, says Tolstus. So when there's a conflict, ultimately, again, the Gimara says that Allah Chalamaisa Megillah will win out. But I will say, what's incredible about this is in the house of Rabbi in the of Rabbi, they said, if... If well, let's see. Kavachomer, kavachomer, me avoda. So the Gemara says, mevatlin So we'll say in the in the they said like this: If if mikra megillah is so important that literally it trumps avoda service in the base of mikdash, then certainly it trumps learning Torah. because avoda is more important than Torah. To which the Gemara says, Really? avoda chamura me is that true? Avodah is more important than learning. Vox, if we learned, we learned. bi vayisa inov vayar vine ish Bo said this incredible. So listen to this. yoshua is in Yericho, and he lifts up his eyes and he sees that there's a man standing opposite him, and Yoshua bowed down. Bowed down. So the says, One second. how did he bow down? You're not allowed to say shalom aleichem to someone at night, meaning utilizing the shame Hashem, out of a concern that maybe the person is not a person. Maybe he's a shade. Maybe he's a shade. To which the gemara says, no, no. Shani no. hasam the kianis This unidentified person.'" Right, but It doesn't mean to someone who you know, right? But it means, right, ultimately, again, this unidentified person identified himself to Yahshua. I am an angel of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Maybe he's lying. It has happened that people have lied, right? So maybe he's lying. He's not really a Malach. <speaking in Hebrew> no, no, no. That Malachim, do not go ahead or even shade him. Do not go ahead and use Hashem's name in vain. She so we'll say, now watch this. So the Malach appears to Yoshua. The Malach appears to Yoshua, and ultimately again, Malach appears to Yoshua. So the Gemara says, lo, So the Malach says, I come with a message. Emash b- emash abayim, so the Malach is coming to give Yoshua a He's saying, Yoshua, yesterday, yesterday, you guys did not offer up the afternoon Tamid, and today, today you didn't learn. Today you didn't learn. Amr lo, Yahshua says, tell me Malach, for which for which transgression did you come specifically? Did you come because we didn't offer the Talmud? Did you come because we didn't learn? Amrlo, Attabasi. He said, I came for the transgression of right now. For Torah. For Torah. I came before, I came because you did not learn Torah today. So the Gemara says, Miyad, Yoshua Imek. That night Yoshua slept, or literally dwelled. In the Amek, in the valley, Am Rabbi Yochanan. What does this mean? Rabbi Yochanan melamed shalon Boomka shal halacha. Immediately upon hearing this, we'll say dramatic exchange. Immediately upon hearing this, Yoshua goes ahead and dwells in the valley of halacha. So Yoshua hears that the Malach, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, upset that they did not learn Torah. We'll say, now again, I do want to point out. They are engaged in a campaign to go ahead and overtake Eretz Yisrael. But nevertheless, they're going to both say, Torah is Torah. And the Malach says, the whole nation didn't learn Torah. There's culpability for you as the leader for that. Immediately, Yoshua rectifies that. And that night, that night, literally, again, to play on words. He literally slept or dwelled in the valley the value of Halacha. The point over here is, what do you see from here? Something very interesting. The Malach is coming to Yeshua, he did two things wrong. Number one, you didn't offer the Talmud Shabayim and you didn't learn. Yeshua says essentially, which is worse? Which is worse? To which the Malach says what? Which one is worse? Negation of Torah. They're both saying, this is problematic because what did we just say before? In the shiva of Rebbe, they would suspend all learning to allow the tamidim to go, to go, to go ahead and learn. To go ahead and read the Megillah. Read the Megillah. Why? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that if if Megillah trumps Avoda and Avoda is more important than Torah, then certainly we should suspend the learning to allow people to go hear the Megillah. But from here, you see that Avoda is not more important than Megillah. Right? From here, it sounds like that Allah Right? That Torah is more important than Avoda. To which the Gemara says, "Am Rabbi Rabbi Unya, Gadol Tam Torah yo Semehak Ravas Furthermore, again, our Shobar Onya says that Talmud Torah is even greater than Karbano. Shnei Atabasi. Shabasi, you see from here that Torah is even greater than Avodah. So which one is it? They will say, watch this. It depends on what kind of Torah. It depends on what kind of Torah. we will say, ultimately, again, there is the Torah of the Rabbim and there is the Torah of the Yachid, Right? Torah of the Rabbim, communal Talmud Torah, is greater than... Karbanos. But Torah learned by an individual, that karbanos is greater than that. Which will say is such a striking idea. Such a striking idea. That we often think that really there's no difference if we learn Torah as part of a group, as part of a Hevra, berabim, or we learn as individuals. To which the Gemara says there is a dramatic difference. Torah of the rabbi, I will say it's a different kind of Torah. We know this because we come here every morning. Right? There's a different Torah. When you learn it as part of a group, there is a different Torah when you learn it as, right? You could ingest the same information, right? I know this. I could listen to a shir and ingest the same information, but experientially and spiritually, it's not the same Torah. Torah you learn on your own. Torah you learn as a yach, it has a particular koach. But Torah you learn as part of the rabbin. Torah I learn as part of the collective, that Torah, Bosa, is even more powerful than Karbanos. Isn't that absolutely amazing? Every single day, I yearn for Karbanos. Every single day, I say Karbanos. I want the Beis HaMikdash. And yet, what? The Torah I learn as part of a collective, as part of a group, is even more powerful than Karbanos. Incredible. So, Gemara says, yoh, is that true? That the Torah of an individual is less important than Karbanos? Vatnan, we learned noshim b'moid ma'anos avalom So most of this is actually interesting, talking about the morning practices that they used to have. So women anchalamid ma'anos. <laughs> Rashi says ma'anos means that ultimately, again, they would cry together. Ma'anos they would call out avalom etapchos. points out there's onos, mekononos, and metapros Onos is everyone crying out together. Mekononos is responsive crying. And metapchos means like clapping your hands together, like as a display of grief, or, or hitting one's hand against their leg, or against their chest, as a sign of grief. So women on halamayid, right? Ma'anos, they can cry out, avalometapchos. They can't clap. When I say clap, I don't mean adres clapping. I mean like clapping as a display of mourning. This is on halamayid. You have curtailed mourning practices. Rabbi Shmuel Omer, imhayu smuchos lemita metapchos if they're close to the funeral beer, they could even go ahead and clap their hands in grief. <inaudible> but again, on Rosh Chodesh, on Hanukkah, on Purem, Ma'anos, M'tapchos, B'zel, Avalo, M'konenos. Ultimately, again, no M'konenos. In other words, we both say, no responsive, no responsive crying, or responsive crying. Yeah. <inaudible> When it comes to the death of a Talmud Chacham, none of these halachos apply. Kol So what do you see from here? You see from here that when a Talmud Chacham dies, the COVID we give to a Talmud Chacham was an individual, right? Goes out and trumps all of these halachos which curtail mourning on Khalamaid, chanaka Purim, to which the Gemara says, that's apples and oranges. Kavara Torah Ka'amrit, you're talking about Kavara Torah. Right? So two different things. Kavara Torah, honor that you give to a Talmud Chacham, so Kavad di Yachid Chamer, Talmud Torah DiYachid Klal, to which the Gemara say two different things, two different things. There's Talmud Torah Yachid and Kavad Di Yachid. Kavarator, the honor that you give to a Talmud Chacham, that's incredibly Chamer. That's incredibly important, right? And that'll trump other halachas. Talmud Torah, the Torah learning of an individual, Abosai, when it's the Talmud Torah of a Yachid, Avoda ultimately again is more important. Sacrificial service is more important. When it's Tamator de Rabbin, the Tamator of the collective is more powerful than any other force on earth. Rabbi, so say, I'll just read one more line, then we'll have to stop. So now, therefore, what we're going to do now, we'll say, we'll start this and then we'll have to stop right. Actually, we'll say, fine, just this line. So Rava says, it's clear to me that where there is a conflict between avoda, sacrificial service, and Mikra Megillah, and the reading of the Megillah, ultimately, again, Mikra Megillah is more important. Right? Mikra Megillah wins out. Midrabi Yosef I will say, that's what we just learned before in Ahmed Aleph, right? That Mishpacha u Mishpacha teaches me that what? Kohanim, Leviim, Yisra Ma'amados, all of that stops from Mikra Megillah. Talmud Torah, Mikra Megillah? Mikra Megillah Adif. Similarly, again, Talmud Torah, Mikra Megillah, there's a clash, who wins? Mikra Megillah. How do we know that? Me disamchu base Rebbe. Because the we'll that's what Rebbe said. In mean, yeshiva Rebbe, they suspended all Shi'urim. Why did they suspend all Shi'urim? Why did they suspend all Shi'urim? Because Rebbe said, if Mikra Megillah is powerful enough to suspend avoda it's certainly powerful enough to suspend Talmud Torah. So we'll stop over here for today. We're going to start Emirates HaShem tomorrow morning at 5.45 again. By tomorrow, we'll get caught up in Amirat HaShem. Amiretz, short short Amidah of tomorrow.